0: hello everyone and welcome back to the ramen in japan podcast episode 8 my name is sebastian aka nama japan i'm here today with moe kuroki aka oisa ramen welcome to the podcast maybe for the few people out there who don't know who you are what you do um here's your chance to introduce yourself a little bit
1: Alright, so my name is Moe. Now I live in Boston. It's been over 20 years in the United States. Time passed so quickly. Um, Since 2014, I've been starting to make ramen because I missed my childhood comfort food and, um, you know, I missed it too much and tonkotsu ramen at a time in boston was very hard to find so i was like okay i gotta make my own so that's how i started getting more and more involved in the ramen scene
0: and just to clarify your childhood food is what exactly
1: so tonkotsu ramen the hakata style tonkotsu ramen which is um, pork bone python style so creamy style but not as dense and thick as everybody would think of tonkotsu style ramen to be it's kind of lighter but cloudy and the noodles is very specific it's very thin straight and has nice like crunchy bite to it instead of kind of bouncy chewy wavy noodle
0: And you opened a ramen shop in 2014 in Boston, if I'm not wrong.
1: Yeah, so 2014, I actually started doing pop-ups. So I didn't have brick and mortar location. At a time I was just popping around different restaurants in Boston and around. And then in 2018, January, I actually opened brick and mortar place called Oyster Ramen Slurp and Go in uh, Boston's financial district.
0: But that ramen shop that does not exist anymore as of today?
1: No. So Slurp and Go closed end of 2020. Because of COVID, I had to just put my head down, be a teacher, be mom, and be around home. And, um, I don't regret the decision, but now I'm getting back into doing a little bit of pop-up because I miss serving my guests and making food as well.
0: And then let's talk a little bit about the ramen shop and what you were doing there. Um, I'm guessing you were focusing then on Hakata-style tonkotsu ramen. Um, did you also serve other things?
1: Well, um, Oisa was a very unique space i called it home you know and uh, it's super tiny we had four seats by the window and then maybe five seats if we push it six seats on the counter and it's really it feels like ramen shop small ramen shop in japan you come in they were Cooking across the counter, and then we serve. So, the menu we had um, for the slurp side, we had tonkotsu ramen, um, which is like traditional toppings that I like. I had chashu that's made with pork belly, takana, pickled mustard greens, uh, beni shoga, which is the pickled ginger, scallions, and sesame seeds. And it comes with nice straight thin noodles i think at a time it was kind of very surprising for people here and because you know typically people think of ramen as wavy kind of instant ramen style noodles so it was good and then we also had what made oyster unique is that we also had a vegan bowl of ramen called smoky shoyu it had um vegetable broth uh Smoky shallot oil and shiitake mushroom that has kind of smoky, like a Chinese five spice flavor to it, and so you know you could have different preference and dietary restrictions, and you can come together. Typically, you know, ramen shop serves one type of broth, and then if you're a vegetarian, you're kind of left behind as a group. So and then on the other side of the menu to go side which you can still eat in-house but we used to do donburi so we had wagyu don which which we use like American wagyu thinly sliced braised uh, beef with uh, konnyaku which is like a yam noodles and uh, onions caramelized we have poke as well so um, it was kind of small but we produced small limited but still more than just a typical ramen shop i guess
0: and so you had those three main dishes did you also have uh, gentes from time to time so special bowls
1: yeah so sometimes we had some other dishes as well but um those are the main, and then sometimes in the later years, I guess, of our two years that we were there, I have friends who are chefs, and they we would collaborate together, so then we would have specials then. And also in the summertime, I had um, what I call Wicked Shio Ramen, which is my like homage to Boston, and Boston ingredients and in the summertime we have the lobster shio ramen
0: yeah it sounds pretty good i would love to try that <laughs> one day um so did you do most of the things from scratch like um, soup noodles uh, seasonings
1: so for when i used to do pop-up i did everything from scratch and then when I moved into the location I used sun noodles for my noodles Um, and um, they actually for a vegan bowl I had I I was using tomato noodles which adds extra umami to a bowl of vegan ramen.
0: So you had them uniquely for you produced by sun noodles?
1: It was I mean they have many varieties of Mm. noodles and I don't I can't just say, oh, I asked them to make the tomato noodles, but we worked very close together and then picked out what worked the best for the bowl.
0: Yeah, I think still the noodles are quite a big topic in the States since not many people can make their own noodles. So I think a lot of people still rely on the big makers like Sun Noodles. Um, I'm not sure if Myojo is already uh, supplying shops. I know there's also some shops flying in stuff from Japan noodles yeah frozen noodles
1: but now i oh, yeah, see more and more of ramen shops making their own noodles even in the states you know getting the machine shipped from japan and having their goal at making noodles and adding their creativities to it it's it's really awesome how it's blossoming bigger and bigger
0: yeah i've seen like a couple of even just like home Ramen nerds um, order some massive machines to their home and go at it. So that's quite interesting. Um, have you tried like completely different style, but also similar in a way? Have you been um, in the Boston ramen scene a little bit? And have you tried Yumeo Katare, for example?
1: I have. I, yeah, very different. but It's funny, you know, I would have my guests come in. You know, and then everybody loves ramen and that's probably is why they come into ramen shop. So, you know, oftentimes they ask me like, where should I go? You know, which ramen shop should I go? And I would usually recommend a few, but I always go, okay, if you want to try something totally different, go to Yume o Katare. You know, they also have, I believe it's tonkotsu broth, mm-hmm. but the yep. expression is so different. You know, my tonkotsu is very light and not not to like give us like I don't, I don't know sex to bowl of ramen but i felt like it was just more like elegant light-handed feminine type of ramen than like where you know you go to yumeo katare it's in your face just umami punch and the volume and it's like you gotta just be prepared to just get into a battle. you feels like almost like you're having this intense experience with the bowl of ramen. And whereas at Oisa, it's kind of, I wouldn't say timid, but it's more in, intimate experience in that you just sit down and just slurp, not attack i guess (laughs) if that makes sense
0: so you would say your bowl was a little bit more approachable maybe for first time ramen uh, eaters
1: yeah it's not as visually intense i guess
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that makes sense now I'm, i'm coming up with it because um if i remember correctly you're from kyushu right fukuoka so when i um went last year to kyushu i spent a couple of days of course in fukuoka and had, like a lot of those white tonkotsu bones that are just all over the place right and then uh, actually, i actually went to beppu which has a yumeo katare and just by chance the actual owner of yumeo katare he was actually there what's his name suyoshi san and uh, yeah just having like this kind of um, switch from the white classic uh, Hakata Tonkotsu to a a, let's say Jiro style bowl. I mean, they call it Yume style, but it's, it's very similar or close. (laughs) Depends on which side you're on. Um, that was an interesting experience that basically you had the same thing set up in Boston all the way uh, over there on the other side of the planet.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I like, After I started making my own ramen and serving, you know, I start to explore different styles of ramen, and I started to go to more ramen shops than I did before. Um, And, um, you know, for me, ramen, for a long time, meant white broth, thin noodles, just pork, and scallions. That's what I thought of ramen. Shoyu ramen never really existed in my mind for a long time, until I went to Tokyo, visited my friend, and then she took me to a ramen shop, and I just thought, okay, I'll order ramen, and then something totally and I you know didn't expect came. It was just shoyu ramen, clear broth, wavy noodles. I knew this existed, but I was like, okay, this is, yeah, I forgot this is also ramen, too. Um, And then, you know, so, as far as, like, I'm concerned, that was the ramen, and then, you know, again, visiting different shops, and meeting different chefs, and, you know, what I find it very interesting is that the whole... I know it exists in like restaurant itself, and you know the building atmosphere is very you know important for chefs. Um, but I feel like because ramen shop offers one dish, <laughs> and somehow I feel like the ramen chefs are very eccentric and interesting, and that just kind of that flavor oozes out into the shop itself. Like you visit yume o katare and they have like a rules, you know, you have to wait in line here and then be invited and then, you know, pay ahead and there's no other choice. Like, but you get this or extra, I think you get extra vegetables and extra pork. And those are your choices. Like you don't subtract anything. You just add on to pile of food that is there and then they grade you, right? They grade you like um, whether you finish the whole thing or, or you leave the soup and noodles, I, I'm not sure. but And I just love that, you know, that it's like every shop is very different and you go in there and you just kind of feel the chef's presence in the shop without even eating the food.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's also a thing here in Japan where you have those really either charismatic or eccentric chefs that are uh, oftentimes they run their shops themselves just by themselves, just one person. And uh, you almost just go because of this person, you want to see this person live, Um, either either if it's like, you know, a a famous person. I mean, I recently went to Tomita where, you know, you go to see Tomita-san and also you get really really good ramen right and uh, there's a couple of these shops but there's also these uh, shops um an interesting shop that recently opened is this place oh man it's translated It's, it's the name of the shop is something like the ramen that dad has told me to make in my dream like dad's dream ramen or something like that so the story is like you know his this guy's dad has passed away, and then one day he dreams of his dad, who tells him in his in his dream to make this bowl of ramen, and then he wakes up and he decides I gotta open a ramen shop, and uh, that's now a ramen shop here in Jiugaoka. and apparently one of the friendliest ramen shops ever. You know, it's apparently such a friendly guy. I, I guess if you have such a dream, such a vision there's basically no way to be angry at people eating at your shop. Right. And it's, it's really interesting, but there's also the, the, the opposites where, you know, uh, owners kick people out of their shops for like looking at the phone <laughs> and stuff like that.
1: Oh, it's true. It's true. It's funny when, um, it makes me think of when I opened Oisa. Um, so I talked about, you know, we have four seatings by the window when we've actually first opened, we had a standing counter, tachigui. That's how I opened and how I started. I wanted to promote the concept of ramen being quick eats that's, you know, satisfying and reasonably priced. Um, Not, you know, that because that's the concept for me. And I think that's the concept for, you know, especially for like Nagahama, ramen you know it's for the workers who don't have time who doesn't you know who don't have time to eat get in get out but be full you know so i had i started with the standing seats soon i realized it's funny because you know my shop was in financial district they themselves are japanese workers they don't have time to eat so without me you know forcing them to go out fast. They just kind of ate and left. So, you know, soon I, and then there's all, you know, the tachigui wasn't always, I mean, I don't, I feel like people liked it, but then I felt that it wasn't necessary. So I just brought back, brought in the chairs, but um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> It's funny, I went so far to the point, I used to have like a 15-minute clock, like an an hourglass, is that what you call it? A sand clock? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 15-minute sand clock. You know, you sit down, you get the bowl of ramen, you get the sand clock too, and then, you know, 15 minutes over, you got to go. But a lot of times, people finish slurping way before 15 minutes, you know?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I actually had this discussion also with somebody else who was thinking about like how to get people in and out of the store and one of the ideas we discussed was like at least have a couple of um standing or it doesn't even have to be standing but like some kind of like turbo seats where you get like a a clock and after 15 minutes you get kicked out but you also get like preferential treatment if there's a line out you know you're the first one to be seated if you're okay with take, be, yeah, being taking your bowl away uh, after 15 minutes. It's interesting that you're mentioning that. But let I think you also mentioned one interesting point. You said Nagahama ramen. I think the more well-known one is Hakata ramen. What is the difference between Nagahama and Hakata style?
1: They're very similar. I mean, I don't think there is much stylistic change like a stylistic difference but nagahama is nagahama ramen started in the area called nagahama which is like my understanding is like it's around the fish what do you call it the Tsukiji fish fish market Mm -hmm. yeah fish market and then again like i described it was just for workers to eat quickly and then be satisfied so it's very simple bowl of ramen and again price was something that was it important so it was like cheap fast and delicious is you know i think main sort of model for the bowl and i think that's why tonkotsu ramen the noodle the hydration rate is very low so you can cook it very fast and it's very thin and A lot of times you go to ramen shop in nagahama you order food you order your bowl of ramen before you sit down the bowl is there that's how speedy it is um and you know they talk about ganso is like original nagahama ramen places and you know they still argue between like which one is the ganso nagahama and which one is the best nagahama ramen um but um yeah i don't It's funny because like, if you ask me what's Hakata ramen, I think of Nagahama ramen. Hakata is a different name for Fukuoka. So I guess in that way, any ramen that's created, probably Tonkotsu style is Hakata ramen. Does that make sense? I don't know. I, I don't know. This is like my kind of, understanding or not even understanding that's just like my intuitive answer growing up there in 15 years and then coming here after you know not doing a lot of studies i guess i should look into the difference particularly but that's my feeling
0: no thank you for the answer i think that's a great answer um then maybe one more question from my side So you said you moved to the States and then you missed ramen, but how did you actually get into making ramen? Like what were your first steps? Where did you look look stuff up? I'm sure in 2014, there were probably even less online resources than now, but probably you can, you know, access all the Japanese resources easily.
1: Right. So I'm not sure if ramen Lord was there, but I didn't know about him. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I looked it up just to see if I can gather any sort of information online. Um, so I failed many times, um, and I'm still, of course, learning. And there's more and more information. And as you know, you know, living in Japan, Japanese shops many you know are very secretive. You know, it's their secrets. It's not just a skill based in And I can understand because it's their life's work or their it's their crafts and they work, you know. So not too much has you know is sharing. So I used to say it's like you know for me when I started, it felt like I'm just chasing this secret unicorn, you know. It's like that you wouldn't find, and but you're just chasing. That's how it felt like for me beginning. So yeah, I looked online. Just typed, you know, ramen nespi, and then it's usually like very simple. You know, you use like a pre-made like you know consomme, like a thing that like you can buy. I don't know what you call it, like a cube things. I don't. In in Japanese, we call we call it consomme cubes, but um, and then soy and meeting or just it seemed. It, gravitated towards more like udon or soba noodle broth not so much tonkotsu and not too many people wanna make tonkotsu stock at home even small amount you just are and I'm not really sure if you can actually without pressure cooker and whatnot it's hard to make tonkotsu at home and in Japan also like I think Japanese people don't even think too much about making ramen at home. Ramen at home always meant just instant ramen. And then ramen is something that you eat out. So yeah, internet, try and error, I went to go buy a whole lot of bones. I think when I started, I was using pork shoulders, not femur bones because i didn't even know where to get a lot of humour bones just as i don't know someone who doesn't work in a restaurant right i don't have any training as a chef or a cook at all either so that was also something that i had to get over so yeah i just put a whole bunch of bones and cooked in high heat and watched the pot and then just see what it's doing. And I, I still, I mean, I do that. I mean, it tells a lot when you look at something boiling and how it's breaking, it, breaking down. And so that was my beginning. I think I used to put apples <laughs> into my soup. I didn't like that. I used to use all different kinds of spices, but at the end, everything now is very simple and then the noodles. Wow. I, <laughs> I used to use a pasta maker um, to make my noodles. And that was tough because, you know, ramen noodles aren't like pasta. It's dry and hard and dense. And it's not so malleable. So it's really not fun to just kind of even play with, um, and then somehow you make this thing called soboro, which is kind of like a crumble with flour and water and kansui. And I always wondered how this dry crumble gets compressed enough and into being a, being and taking the shape of noodles. But I knew ramen had basic five components: noodles, stock oil, tare, and topping. So from there, I just experimented the stock part, the noodle part, tare part, oil part, and then what toppings put on.
0: And yeah, it's super interesting. I think there's not too many people who really started from scratch without any instructions whatsoever. Or at least in in the modern internet, I would say like with ramen lord's um, Bible out there these days, I think you have a completely different starting point to... Yeah, compared to what you had. So that's pretty impressive right there.
1: That's how much I missed a bowl of tonkotsu ramen. You know, I... At that time, Ipudo was already in New York, you know, so I would travel to New York and just eat ramen. Just to go... Just, like I would go to Ipudo just to have the ramen. Because... You know, when you have that craving for ramen, it's not just you miss the flavor, but you miss something more. You miss that comfort, you've missed the connection. And for me, I guess it was connection to home. So whenever maybe I felt homesick, I would go to New York and have ramen. And um, that just got way too expensive. <laughs> And then also my other cure for my ramen craving was for my mom to ship me box of Daruma ramen, which is like, I love this box of instant ramen, I guess, but it's very unique in that, you know, you get the tonkotsu style noodle, but it's semi-dried, so it's not, it's still, when you cook it, still have that nice al dente texture, but also good chew to it. And then the brass is, of course, tonkotsu brass, and it's awesome. Um, I just went to Japan, and I brought back two boxes. But my mom, I would ask her to send them to me, and then she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) So uh, I was like, okay, I got to do something about it. And then, yeah, I went that far to, I guess, cure my cravings.
0: I mean, I completely understand. I have this craving, uh, at least uh, over a hundred times a year. <laughs> I mean, this this year I'm at least at hundred, hundred ten, hundred twenty, something like that. If I have to check in my list one more time to uh, tell you exactly, but yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying. This uh, there's just no replacement for it. You said you were just recently in Kyushu, but yeah, maybe that's um, one of the, the main things I also would like to talk about today. But before we go maybe to some ramen shops there, do you have any questions, any, any other things you want to talk about?
1: Mm, I'm sh- well, I, well, I was curious about, one, how you found me, how you found Oisa And also another thing I was very curious about, maybe you discussed in the past, but why you call your podcast Nama?
0: okay uh, so starting with how i found you so i think because i was following yumeo katare and actually the owner jake and a couple of people who work for him they are in the ramen network discord so there's this ramen community where a lot of people who have the ramen shops who make ramen at home or people who just like eating ramen get get together and uh, discuss stuff and exchange and i think through there either you were mentioned or I found you through some people there um, on Instagram. I'm not sure exactly anymore. However, your shop definitely still was open when I discovered uh, you. Yeah. So, and, and it was interesting because I think there's not many female-run RAM shops in the world, I would say. <laughs> um, so even in Japan, I think there's maybe like 10 or so. So really not a lot. So I thought it was curious and it was interesting. So I was I was following along, you know, also, um, once you were closing uh, the whole story and uh, seeing that you were doing uh, pop-ups now. And then I saw in your stories that you are in Japan. And I thought, well, here's a, a potential podcast guest. And to the name, I mean, the, the podcast name is Ramen in Japan because I wanted to make it really clear what the podcast is about um but yeah you're right my channel is called Nama Japan and I don't know uh there was this moment where I was like I wanted to have a YouTube channel because I wanted to cover a little bit what's going on in Japan maybe show the country a little bit and then the idea was to show show like a raw version of Japan you know unfiltered or something like that and I think that was just like the stupid idea because I wanted to have like the word Japan in it and then something something Japan or Japan something something. So I was just like going through like a list of words and like whatever I could come up with. And in the end, yeah, that stuck. And uh, I also liked uh, the innuendo of Nama Japan. <laughs> I mean, it has a double meaning. So uh, as I'm sure you're aware. So I, I like that it has like this load of, uh, yeah, stupid meaning. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but then after... A short time, I realized like I don't want to be the white guy who explains Japan, and so I, I I was looking for like what I really wanted to do, what I really wanted to show of Japan, and turns out yeah, I really like food, and uh, I really like those kind of food channels that like show what's available, what's what's going on in the country food wise, and I also realized you know, I like ramen a lot and. The deeper I dug into the world of ramen, the more I realized, hey, there's so much going on, and it's 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 like a niche that I would like really to dig into. And yeah, that's how my channel turned into a ramen channel. And uh, yeah, now the the end is having a ramen podcast and ramen Instagram and this and that. So, so let's see what 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 else comes in the future. Yeah, but then let's uh, go into the ramen shops a little bit. Normally, we have this thing where we talk about the latest shop we have eaten at. And since you you were recently in uh, Japan, in Fukuoka, let me ask you, what was the last bowl you had? Or at least the last bowl you can remember
1: that you had? So, I went to this shop called Nagahama Goten, which is, you know, within the name it says Nagahama so, Nagahama Goten serves Tonkotsu Ramen, and I got uh, Takana Ramen, which is, Takana is pickled mustard green, is one of my favorite topping to go on top of Tonkotsu Ramen. It's a little bit spicy, it's a little bit acidic, um, and it just works so well with like creamy, that slight richness of the pork broth. and adds a little kick to it and so that's my last ball I had and of course the thing that I like about Nagahama Goten I don't even know how long it's been there it's been there ever since I feel like I was born in Japan and so it's probably over 30 years at least Um, I know it's one of my places uh, one of the places my mother (laughs) would only go she She's from Shikoku, Tokushima, so she doesn't like ramen and she doesn't like tonkotsu ramen. But that's the only shop that she would go and eat. Um, and I don't know what it is. It's like it's always the same. I've been into the States many years. Every time I go back home, I always go to Nagahama Goten. And it's... You know, I don't know how famous it is or not, but I mean, it's been there a long time. Um, and it's one of the oldest Nagahama ramen place. And they have, I guess their sister brand is Ishinte, which also we used to go to. And it, I think it's older than Ipudo. It's just, it's always taste. it always tastes the same it always tastes as I remembered. And it's always so welcoming and comforting and just, it does, when I sit there, eat the bowl of ramen there, I just feel like I'm finally home and this feels just right. And I always get katamen, but they're noodle. You know, it's not, it doesn't, feel dry even if you ask for katamen which is less time in a water um just not soft you know and the uh, kata is hard so hard harder noodles um but it's still it's not crunchy it's still got kind of ka. Um, i don't know how you would say that in english so it's still silky and smooth but has nice chew to it and it just works so beautifully with soup i always get kaedama extra noodles and then they have this little oden braised suji like a beef tendon and konnyaku and egg they don't have ajitama but you can get like ajitama in like oden form and so I just love being there. There's nothing like, I don't know. It just feels like ramen shop, I remember. I think that's the beautiful thing about Nagahama Goten is like, it's always the same. It feels the same. It looks the same. Maybe the prices change here and there, but it's still cheap, you know, like not in the bad ways, like still very inexpensive. And um, it's awesome.
0: So Nagahama Goten, would you describe the soup is a little bit more on the lighter side or a little bit more on the creamier and heavier side?
1: I would say it's lighter side because a lot of people nowadays you know think of tonkotsu broth to be more towards like really dense and rich and almost associating it with like a fattier broth so you know at least how, that's how it's perceived in us um so compared to that it's much lighter side um, it doesn't have that super viscous uh mouse feel it's not like eating a bowl of jello
0: and <laughs> nagaho magoten has a couple of shops right which one would you recommend
1: a few locations yeah the one i think i go to is either tsumi location or Nagao location. I tried to find the exact spot and then I I couldn't figure it, but I can, you know, if you're going to add the link or the site, I can get back to you on that.
0: All right. That would be great. Yeah. Then let me tell you a little bit about my last poll, or maybe you would like to tell us a little bit about your last poll in uh, Boston before I uh, go ahead
1: yeah so the the very honest last bowl that I had was last night after so I now work one day a week at Ganko Itetsu in Brooklyn some, in the Boston area um, and Ganko Itetsu is an awesome ramen shop and I, I brought back home I know it's it's a big no-no to be like taking taking away ramen and with soup and noodles all together but it tastes so good after work. Um, but I had their um, Tantan ramen, and which is like a sesame paste with um, their broth is combination broth of pork and chicken paita. And it's a little bit spicy, creamy, rich, um, with like, like Tantan pork. Cilantro, so it has like a different aromatic, and then it's just sweetness of sesame. After work, everything it was just perfect.
0: <laughs> that sounds really good. Do you know if there's any relation to the ganko in Tokyo?
1: Not that I know of, but um, chef is from, I think, Tokyo area.
0: Okay, that would be interesting to look into.
1: Yeah, I I will ask chef about it, but. Style here is uh, more towards Sapporo ramen.
0: Okay. there maybe no connection.
1: Yeah. Boston is Northern part of U.S. and it's, you know, serving the Sapporo ramen here, you know, Sapporo style ramen here makes a lot of sense. We cook soup in the wok and, you know, it's, they have miso ramen, of course.
0: All right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that one as well. Then let me tell you a little bit about the last bowl I had. Um, so I went to one of the, I would probably say, more well-known shops called uh, Shokudo Shichisai. Uh, so Shichisai has not only a shop uh, near Tokyo Station, I think that's probably the one uh, that everybody knows, Menya Shichisai. But the original shop is called Shokudo Shichisai, which is uh, at Toritsu Kasei Station on the Seibu Shinjuku line. So actually not that far from Shinjuku and they serve probably the best Kitakata style ramen in Tokyo. So that means like temomi noodles, uh, a light, like a tonkotsu chintan with some light niboshi, clear soup. And what they usually do here in Tokyo, at least Shichisai, is they offer shoyu, shio, and miso, which is interesting. I'm not sure if I've seen miso actually in Kitakata. But, uh, yeah, I would say, like, the traditional thing is to go for, like, a shio. Um So, it has, like, this, uh, yeah, very light and yet deep uh, flavor. It's d- difficult to explain. Like, with your first slurp, you're almost a little bit disappointed. You go like, oh, where, where's the complexity? Where's the, where's the flavor? But the, the deeper you go, you go like, oh, yeah, actually, no, this is so satisfying. And before you know it, uh, the whole bowl is gone. And for me personally, I would say the noodles are definitely star. So you have like those really nice temomi noodles that are just um, so like curly. And like with every slurp, you get like just this extra portion of soup because they, they act like a shovel in essence right if you have a proper slurp going on it's just so good i would say like for me that's probably one of my favorite styles overall and then shichisai is just doing it so perfectly i'm probably on the same level as some shops in kitakata and uh what they also do is i mean if you go go for the chashu men just like cover your whole bowl with chashu because they do really great chashu uh they do two types uh, one is i think a little bit more traditional or sous vide i'm not 100% sure and the other one is like a fire grilled like chinese style so you have that like fire roasted so you have on the outside you have this really like um fire grilled barbecue flavor it's just oh it's so addicting and it, it's even like through the whole meat oh, and then together with the light soup it just works so well.
1: So the temomi you had is wider and a flatter and then like kind of wavy. Temomi- yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I love temomi noodles, especially if you know how to slurp. And that's a fun part of ramen is like, it's, you know, when you know how to slurp, the way that noodles hit your mouth and lips, you know, and like you said, how it picks up the soup is so fun. You know, Temomi has this like chunky kind of, you you know, you're slurping, you know, and then Tonkotsu is kind of straight and just more direct.
0: Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. The one thing with the temomi noodles, the flat noodles is you need to really pay attention a little bit also to the temperature of the bowl and how you slurp because it's really easy to slurp in like super hot soup and like burn your mouth completely. Even if you're, you know, you're slurping, but you're not bringing in enough uh, air to like cool down the whole thing Yeah, then you, you might, yeah, get your mouth burned a little bit and uh yeah one other thing to mention i think uh quickly about Menya shichisai what they're doing differently to shokudo shichisai uh, at Menya shichisai actually they make the noodles right when you order so they start from flour and then start mixing the noodles right there and they have like this this cutting machine that looks a little bit like a paper cutter but it has like this uh, kind of setting so that like whenever they cut it, like moves just a little bit to the side so they can cut, uh, again. So you, you see like all the time, somebody cutting noodles right in the shop and it's super interesting. I think one of the few shops that actually does it and like without the aging with like the, the high hydration, it just, it's like this really almost like mochi style, uh, noodle has like this nice chew. It's just so enjoyable and it's super easy access for everyone if you're like traveling through tokyo station it's basically just a 10-minute walk or so i think towards what's the station Hachibori station something like that but it's it's super easy to find it's really straight line from tokyo station
1: now i'm excited you know to travel to tokyo and try different places i mean it's been really great listening to your podcast and then just looking at your instagrams too that's like how i get inspired to try something different because again for me ramen still is comfort food so all i gravitate towards especially when i go back to japan is like i just want the same thing that i like you know but um listening to you it sounds so exciting with the you know you know the different chefs approaches and You know, how he builds his bowl of ramen, you know, how it's more like take your time, dive in and then go deeper, you know, and not just I always think about the first sip of soup for ramen as well. So that was very interesting to hear your you talk about the first sip kind of missing a little bit, but it just keeps inviting you back for more sips and then you discover as you go so that that's very exciting for me so that'll be the next one i'm gonna try when i go home
0: (laughs) (laughs) perfect I'm, i'm glad i could inspire something um also check out the instagrams of all the other guests i have i mean all of them i'm not sure if all of them but like a lot of them actually eat more ramen than i do and they post more consistently so get some good ideas from there as well but talking about good ideas, um, let's maybe talk about, let's say your favorite bowl that you had while y- you were visiting Kyushu recently, or maybe your overall favorite bowl in Fukuoka.
1: Okay, so it's going to be, again, you know, it's, I'm going to say it like this, the thing that left biggest impression on me at a ramen shop isn't actually a ramen um I had tamago kake gohan which is like gohan uh, rice white rice over an egg yolk egg yolk over rice bowl and uh tare and he presented as like it's the I think maybe he said the world's best or Japan's best tamago ga, tamago kake gohan um and it really was, it just left a huge impression on me. So this is, I don't know if he still serves it there, but it's at Ramen Gekijo general And of course his ramen is great. its It's not to say his ramen wasn't great, but this humble, incredibly simple dish that everybody eats in Japan elevated to, like the point that i remember like so strongly even to to now you know is something and then again now i think of it very differently too is that it was probably his tare that he uses for his ramen and you know every component for ramen is very very important you know a lot of times people focus on stock 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 but tare makes ramen so different you know and um so that was i know you asked me for the favorite bowl of ramen but that and then again it it's ramen gekijo is an awesome like i went there i don't even know at least five six years ago yeah it was the space is also beautiful too it's kind of like a coliseum kind of seating where you get to look into the kitchen. Um, so you're kind of in the sitting in the steps almost. Yeah, the whole experience was interesting and beautiful. And again, this rice and egg was just awesome.
0: So what, is, what are the components of this uh, Tamago Kakeko one?
1: So it's really white rice. I believe it was just egg yolk and tare. It's just, it's probably soy-based tare. But it just felt, it tasted so flavorful, you know, hot, beautiful Japanese rice that's like steamy and moist and then just egg yolk that's just, I I mean, I love tamago kake gohan to begin with, but that tare made all the difference to me.
0: All right, that's interesting. Uh, But the ramen there that is served there is also a tonkotsu?
1: You see, that's the funny part. I... I believe so. But now all I can remember is his tamago kake gohan. I know the ramen was so good too. I just can't, because it was so long ago, I just can't remember exactly what I ate, to be honest with you. Um, But I remember everything being so good. And I was just so happy just being there eating yeah I'm, i i know it's a ramen channel but i just <laughs> and then again you know my favorite bowl in fukuoka in in the world probably is nagahama Goten. it's just because it just feels right and you know this is something i talk about often with my guests is like you know ramen is such a personal food you know you might just like any you know if you connect to that bowl whether you know it's the world's best ramen or i don't know instant ramen like if you connect to it it's that's that's the best for you you know it's 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 a personal thing to me
0: that makes a whole lot of sense then i think there's also a lot to be said about side dishes at ramen shops i think they're often ignored um, but oftentimes they use a lot of the ingredients that they're using to make the ramen or they use, you know, things that they cannot use in the ramen or they use the same seasonings. So for example, um, I have talked uh, a lot with, uh, Cody, AKA ramen guy, Japan about curries in ramen shops. So for example, a lot of ramen shops, they offer curries on the side where they use the, uh, as instead of water they use their ramen broth for as a base for the curry which just makes the curry so good which you know a lot of regular curry shops they don't do that they don't go the extra mile so there's there's something to be said about these kind of side dishes or um, yeah the ramen bowls that you can get at some shops where you know they you should not miss them they're like kind of part of the whole experience and a and meal and yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, worth just uh, a whole episode, just talking about side dishes in ramen shops, <laughs> maybe in the future.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah, there's, I'm sure there's like a secret way to ask for different versions of something or other as well, but <laughs> that'll be fun. I mean, always yeah, uh, Gyoza is always on the list or Chahan, right? Like the fried rice in ramen shop. They like, when I think of side dish in, you know, ramen shop, it's like Chahan, Gyoza, or Oden. Those are the one that I think of. Curry is first to me. I gotta now find that. And
0: maybe that's more a Tokyo thing. I'm not 100% sure. But I can tell you that Oden definitely is not a thing here in Tokyo. Huh. <laughs> really interesting um yeah i'll I'll put that on my list for topics to talk about in the future i'll make sure to invite you to that talk i want to know more about odin and ramen shops
1: it's maybe it's the it might be just nagahoba goten thing but yeah but ramen is regional food so i'm sure different regions have different side dishes that you know we'll be all surprised by
0: no for sure for sure well, let me maybe share about uh, one of the balls that has impressed me or that has stuck in my mind because it, it taught me a little bit of a lesson. So I recently I went to Soba House Konjiki Hototogisu. I'm not sure if you have heard about that store. So they were the third store that gained a Michelin star. So after Tsuta and Nakiryu, and they're currently in Shinjuku, And i went there uh, just before japan opened again for the crowds just you know to beat the tourist crowds because all those michelin star uh, shops they're usually quite overrun they have like you know lines one two three hours long and yeah when i went the line was five minutes long (laughs) and uh, yeah so they're usually famous for their shellfish broth so like a really ultra refined bowl with like all the bells and whistles, like with a little bit of like truffle oil and the mushroom oil on top. And um, yeah, so usually you would go there for their shellfish broth ramen. But I went for dinner and they have this duck and shellfish um, special, Gente. It's only available for dinner. And then for some reason I was like, oh, I've never had the tsukemen here. So I, I went for their... Yeah, duck shellfish, uh, I guess we'd call it shoyu. Yeah, tsukemen or tsukisoba, And uh, the bowl, I mean, great toppings as you would expect. Um, there's some sous vide, duck breast. There's like some uh, lean, lean pork, sous vide, both of them. Uh, really excellent. Then the, the egg is just perfectly like this kind of jammy texture that people love to rave about. You have hosaki menma. Then on the side you have a little bit of an Aji hand, you have um, your yuzu kosho, you have a really thin slice of lime that just, you know, just taking some of the noodles to like, the, yeah, how can I say, touch them, touch them a little bit with the lime and just eat them like that is already fantastic. And the noodles also were really well done, like just good stuff. However, like unfortunately the soup I would say like was just so overpowered by the duck fat like all you could taste was really the duck fat and uh, in the end I was like why am I going to a shop that is super well known for their ramen and super well known for their shellfish stuff and now I'm getting here some Gente and then their tsukemen. and um, and I haven't been there that often that I'm really tired of it. I Actually, I wanted to have the regular ramen. <laughs> but I'm just a sucker for bowls that I haven't had yet. It's like I just got to try whatever I haven't had. So like one of my mottos is the best bowl of ramen that I for me is the one I haven't tried yet. And I just can't let it go. And this time it was just I'm sitting here in one of the probably best ramen shops in the world and i'm i'm eating a bowl that i i should not have ordered so you know, it, it, maybe in the future i should just you know a little bit more aware of what's the right thing to order and maybe rein in that you know i have to try new stuff and like at all costs like maybe not <laughs> maybe not always <laughs>
1: yeah no but i understand the temptations too you know you're there and then you feel like okay it's my opportunity to just try it and then you want to try something special or if they say you know like it just makes it that much more enticing and then you kind of forget why you went there in the first place sometimes and that's why you okay you either order two bowls eat two bowls or you go with friends and then just nibble but I mean I know the experience would be different if you share um, but in the past I've eaten two bowls at a same ramen shop sometimes two bowls in side dishes and or two and a half bowls so because you want to try and again you know Yes, I do that, especially when I travel, because I know I won't be able to get back so easily. I mean, for your case, you can probably go back; you just have to wait much longer. Is that? Have you been back to it?
0: So I mean, I I just recently went, so I'm probably good for a while. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many shops to go to. So um, yeah, but I'll probably be back there, yeah, for sure. I mean. I actually still want to go back for their regular bowl just to have that one more time. Um, so, yeah. Oh, so you've
1: had the regular bowl.
0: I've had it before, yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then you just wanted to try something different.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, I wanted to have that same bowl again, which is rare for me, but it's just really, really good.
1: Oh, so that's okay, man. Oh, so you went... So I, maybe I, I'm confused. So you you, you went there for their regular beautiful shellfish broth.
0: Exactly. The regular ramen.
1: Okay. So it's not like you so. went there and you never had that regular what they're known for ramen and just had took him in and then left it there. Exactly. Okay. I was like worried. I'm like, no, you have to have their, what they're known for. <laughs> of course, that'd be a big mistake.
0: Yeah, but you know sometimes th- there's a little bit of a different thing going on sometimes you go with like this kind of ramen hunter mindset where you go like i need to try new things and sometimes you just want to eat delicious food and sometimes it's just that one bowl you're looking at yeah i want to have that again and it's it's kind of a different mindset right and this time i actually went with like i just want to have this one bowl again but then i was standing in front of this machine i was like "Fuck, there's a like gente I gotta have it. Can't can pass up. So it's just what happens sometimes, and that's what you get. I know, it's just the punishment. No, but let me tell you, it's it was still really good. It was still like like in a eight out of ten category or something like that.
1: No, it sounds beautiful and amazing, and it's. I find it very interesting. You know that that in the shop that offers something so elegant and balanced and you know that's how it sounds to me when you're describing the shellfish broth and you know it's deep and flavorful and aromatic and but i imagine it to be rather like elegant side of things and then the same shop to offer duck tsukimen which is like super rich so you know it's it's interesting how different their specials you know how it it's like a lot of risk, it seems to me. Like, and then it's great. You know, you get to ha- you get to express both ways. I mean, is that is that sound about right? I'm. I i have not had the ramen there at all, so I don't know if my, I guess, understanding of what you were talking about is right or not. But
0: what they do for their gente is, I guess, they make a double soup. So they use their um, original shellfish broth as one part and then they make a, a duck broth as a, as a, as the second one. And then I guess the, the fat that they use, the aroma oil is then just duck oil, I just found it too overpowering. I honestly, I could not taste any of the shellfish anymore, which is interesting. I asked for the soup body and then they just fill it up straight up with the shellfish broth and then it was fantastic so the soup order was really really good <laughs> really enjoyed it then and it just made me feel like oh man i just want to have more of that pure shellfish broth so good so yeah i mean if you're ever going to uh soba house konjiki Hototogisu in shinjuku yeah stick to their regular uh ramen just bowl with, with soup and noodles and uh, get the shio or to show you personally. I like the shio more because you, you can get more of the pure flavor of the broth. Um, but yeah, whatever floats your boat, but enough about my failures. Let's, uh, talk a little bit about your future, what you're planning. Maybe do you have some pop-ups coming up or any plans for the future?
1: So yeah, right now I'm in conversation with different locations to do pop-ups. Recently, before I went to Japan, I did have a pop-up, and I did a Taiwan Maze Soba pop-up. It was uh, during the summertime, so maybe doing brass style ramen. That is not really offered in Boston too much yet. Um, I thought introducing something new might be fun. And um, yeah, I love also like, I'm starting to like this, you know, thicker, wider noodles as well. So that was awesome just to do uh, mazesoba. And I wanna do that again too. It's, mazesoba, it seems simpler because you don't use as much broth, but there's a little bit of broth there, and then tare, and then, you know, a lot of focus in toppings as well. But I, I, I really enjoyed making it and I just loved how it comes together after you mixing it and all the flavors are there um and then yeah pop-ups i hope i'll do more of and i'll be probably experimenting different styles of ramen not just staying with tonkotsu
0: do you have like any dates in mind
1: Mm, not exactly yet i wish i could just you know promote but um not yet i'm just kind of incubating right now you know a lot of it's great i have um really really nice guests f- throughout from when i started from you know started pop up and guess i met doing oisa slurp and go and you know i think because at a time you know when i started i was like you say one of the rare female ramen cook so, you know, there, you know, a lot of people still just stay with me to just find me like, okay, you're 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 a woman and I'm 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 rooting for you, you know. I'm I'm a woman and I'm you know, I just want you to do well and you have followers continue. So you know, I wanna see my guests again and and that's how I kept going this ramen journey too is that, you know, I had guests from day one and they were incredibly supportive and, you know, because they asked me when is the next one, when is the next one, I just kept doing next one and next one and then it led to OISA. But right now, I, I feel like I'm just still kind of incubating, figuring out what exactly and how exactly I want to move forward. I'm going to start little pop-ups here and there and, uh see where it goes i guess
0: (laughs) and just roughly speaking city speaking where is here and there
1: oh here and there probably around boston area i don't (laughs) i don't plan to travel far but once i get maybe confident in moving around again and cooking at different locations and building menu that i can carry with me um I would like to travel as well to maybe my friend's shop down in Florida or maybe in Canada somewhere.
0: And uh, if people want to follow your story and want to go to your pop-ups in the future, where can they find you online? Where can they get the latest news?
1: The latest news will be the, at Instagram account Oyster Ramen. That's where I just... Most random things, even not ramen things. Now it's just random breakfast, lunch, anything that I cook or places that I visit. Um, but that's where I just announce when my pop up will be, how the tickets are sold. I do have website, but I'm really bad at blogging and updating. <laughs> so yeah, Instagram definitely.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Do you have any? last words anything else you would like to share
1: well well thank you for you know inviting me to have this conversation with you and um you know let me share my (laughs) love for ramen and um you know inspiring me to even be the ramen hunter like you and try different new things so thank you
0: well thank you very much for that and yeah for all the people listening Uh, Thanks for listening. And if you like this podcast, maybe subscribe, leave a rating, a subscription, a whatever you can do in the app that you're listening in. And yeah, join the Ramen Network Discord if you want to join the discussion about ramen. And you can find more ramen content on NamaJapan.tv, on my YouTube channel Namajapan. And on my Instagram at Nama Japan TV, And that's all for today. Again, thank you very much, Moikuroki at OisaRamen. And uh, for the rest of you, until next time.